Hey, it's Tuesday. The new episode of Two Degrees Hotter is out. It's my favorite Gen Z lifestyle and self-development podcast. I'm on my way over. Let's listen to the latest episode. Bonjour. <laughs> Hello. Welcome. We're American. Yeah. <laughs> Every single time, I'm like, I have no idea what's going to come well, out. Well, I was like rattling my brain too. I'm like, what have we not done as an intro yet? See, anytime you hit the record button, literally every thought that I've ever had just empties from my yeah, brain. Yeah, something about for it. For a quick second. It's true. But hello. Uh, welcome to Two Degrees Hotter. I'm Kylie. And I'm Anya. And today, we are going to be doing an episode on the worst advice we've received mm-hmm. throughout our our lives. Yeah. I was saying to Anya that I was getting like a little fired up. Like it was very much like, and another thing, and another mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I just, the, when I really sat down and thought about it, I was like, there's some shitty advice <laughs> out there. <laughs> yeah. And I think we both sort of leaned into like more general advice than like advice that was necessarily like super specifically given to us mm-hmm. if that makes sense uh because obviously that wouldn't be super applicable to you guys but i think this all i was saying to anya her list resonated with me and obviously my list resonated with me so clearly <laughs> we get a lot of bad advice in our lives uh and we're here to unpack that yeah and learn that and i feel like we're not trying to have like a negative episode i feel like mm-hmm. we're, we're kind of trying to spin some like yeah. misinformation around, put yeah. a positive spin on some of the like fear mongering that I feel like yeah. exists in the world. So yeah, we definitely for each one we have a bit of like what we've actually learned to be true based on our like given circumstances and situations. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, so it's kind of like here's the bad advice, here's the advice that we would give ourselves on the topic based on our lived experiences. Mm-hmm. That's sort of the vibe. Yep. I don't know where we got this idea. It's been on the list for a while. Yeah, I think one of us just, like, came up with it randomly. Mm-hmm. Or so maybe like, we, like, saw someone else do a podcast episode. If you've done this episode before, uh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but before we do that, we're going to start with our segments. And if you just want to hear the main episode content and you don't care about us at all, we're going to put the timestamp in the description. Yeah. And then you can so skip. True. So. So this past week, I did a adult ballet intensive, which like intensives are a thing in the dance world when you're like younger and they're normally like intense. Uh huh. It's usually like an all day long activity for like a week or several weeks. And it's kind of like how a lot of people spend their summers. Obviously, as like adults, we can't spend weeks on end all day. Um, but it was like an after work and then like an over the weekend situation. And it was very wholesome because it was like, people of all different like experience levels and then they like split us off into like more relevant level classes and whatnot but it was very cute there were like it was good like gender diversity age diversity um and then we did like an hour and a half of class every night and then we learned a little bit of repertoire Mm -hmm. um we learned some variations from la bayadere if you're familiar um i wasn't really all that familiar so Um, so that was new to me and that was cool. Cause like as adults, you don't really get opportunities to learn actual choreography from ballets, which is funny. Cause my dad didn't know this. I was like, he was like, you're lying. Like when you see the nutcracker, like the nutcracker choreography, if it's like a professional ballet company is the nutcracker yeah. choreography. He like did not believe that he was like, well, well, then what's the point of like seeing different companies do it if it's all the same. And I was like, because they all interpret it like a little different. They all have like different dancers, whatever. But like. The choreo is the choreo. Yeah. I feel like non-dancers maybe don't know that. Um, so that was interesting. Like, we t- technically learned, like, the same choreography that professionals would have. Obviously, maybe taken down a notch and, like, singles instead of triples and all that. But, um, yeah, so kind of interesting. But it's crazy because, like, I've danced literally, like, I think I did the math. It was, like, 12 out of the last 14 days. And then we're, like, about to go to a dance class right after we finish recording yeah. this. So And you booked a dance class for tomorrow. And the next day. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, someone stop me! <laughs> she can't be stopped. Um, yeah, the dance season ends, and then I'm like, keeping up the same schedule, basically. Yeah. Um, As you should. 
So yeah, that's kind of whack, but I'm enjoying it. My body's yeah. not like in total shambles, so that's I'm gonna keep going. I did buy some tiger balm for the first time, and I was saying I accidentally touched my eye, <laughs> and that was a nightmare. Yeah. But we've we've since recovered. Um, and other than that, next week is we're recording this like the week before July 4th, so today is June 26th, and I actually get the week of the fourth off through my work. We always, well, not always, but the last few years we've gotten it off which is very nice. And I don't have much planned, which is kind of how I wanted it. I think we're going to spend some time at the lake. We might host people here for like the fourth itself. I might go to like Newburyport. I was looking at like one night Airbnbs just for like funsies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where the week takes me. Yeah. But why not? That's pretty much it for me. I don't have all that much. Yeah. Else. I will say uh, Anna and I went to the informal showing. Yeah, they had an informal showing. (laughs) And we, there was just something about it being called an informal showing that really like struck a chord with me. Um, It's just so funny. It was so fun. I like (laughs) literally, I was like two MILFs walking into the informal showing. It was giving like peak week. Like if any of you guys grew up dancing and like your studio invited the parents in like one week of the, you know, season. It was was like that, like just chairs in the front of the room. Very cute, though. It was so sweet because as we were, like, sitting with all the other, like, friends and family that other dancers invited, like, just hearing them, like, over, like, overhearing them talk about, like, the dance that they came to see. Like, one girl was like, ballet was just never for me. I'm not elegant like so-and-so. And And I was like, that's so sweet. (laughs) It was just so much fun. And then we, honestly, that was a fun day. We went out to brunch afterwards, Mm -hmm. got ice cream. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was a good time. Yeah. I enjoyed. Yeah. But for me, I had a very, very much needed chill week. Uh, literally quite the opposite of Anya's. I did barely any dancing. Uh, yeah, I just, I really didn't have a lot of plans. And I kind of, I didn't actively seek out plans. I ended up actually going back home to New Hampshire for the weekend to visit my parents. Uh, and that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> Not the pause. <laughs> I'm like, do I be authentic? No, it was nice. It was nice. It was fine. It was visiting parents. Um, but it was good to see them and hang out with them because I haven't been home to New Hampshire in a couple in, I actually don't know when the last time I went to New Hampshire I don't know, was. Easter maybe? Yeah. Probably. Mother's Day? No. No. I no. Uh, maybe Mother's Day. I think I, I think for whatever reason I saw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, my brother's graduation. Mm, okay, That's okay, why. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so it had been like a month, a little over, and so I saw them, uh, and yeah, and Zach made it off the mountain, in case anyone was wondering. Did you ever say that he was doing that? Yeah, yeah, I said in last week's that I was expecting this week to be a chill, like, self-care week. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, so yeah, but if you didn't listen to last week's episode, he hiked Mount Kilimanjaro, uh, and he summited at 5.50 in the morning on Sunday? No, Saturday. He summoned it. And yeah, so that's that's neat. That's a neat thing that he did. I got to talk to him on the phone today, and he was like, I'm head empty, no thoughts. Mm-hmm. Just just tired. Uh, he got a stomach bug on the mountain, oh. though, which is not. <laughs> well, I guess it's like our Western stomachs literally can't handle like anything. Yeah. So. yeah. Even just like the water in fruit, I feel like, can, yeah. like, irritate. Yeah. Yeah. So, because he got it on, like, day three or something. So, it couldn't have been altitude because they hadn't gained enough altitude for mm-hmm. it to, like, be that. And he didn't experience any altitude sickness. No one in his group really got anything too crazy. Like, a couple stomach aches, a couple headaches, but nothing mm-hmm. that, like, stopped them from mm-hmm. from completing it. So, yeah. But that that's all I have. Not much. Pretty, uh... Pretty lame weeks in review, I would say, this week. Yeah, well, we came off of, like, the mo- one of two intense weeks that we have in the year. That's so true. We deserved it. Yeah. <laughs> On to our favorites. So my favorite this week, I tried um, henna freckles for the first time. Um, so I got, there's like this Indian store, like grocery store right near my work. So I just went in there and I got henna. Obviously you can like order it online, but I knew that it was right nearby. So I was like, I'll just pop in here. You should have seen me. Like I was too embarrassed to like ask for where the henna was just because I'm like that in stores. I, I don't know. I'm like, I want to, I want to look self-directed but yeah so it took me like so long like I was looking through like all this these different like Indian beauty products honestly like 
looks like some great stuff. If I had like thicker hair, I would have gone for it. They had some nice like oils and stuff. I was like, okay, slay. But yeah, it took me a while, but I found it. Um, and henna comes in like a little cylindrical like tube yeah like cone <laughs> situation yeah, it's like a, um, oh my god like a piping bag almost yeah but yeah like what you use to frost cakes yeah so like you buy it and then you just cut off the little tip and then you have like a narrow point um and you can freeze it once you've cut it open oh, mm-hmm, so that it doesn't like i don't know go bad leak i don't know yeah all all things um, but you need like literally so little to do the henna freckles. I mean, it makes sense. You're literally just doing like tiny little dots. Um, but I did it twice. The first time I definitely didn't leave it on long enough because I watched a video on YouTube. It was actually Mika who we've had on the podcast. She has like a viral video on how to do henna freckles. Yes. And I saw that and that's like what inspired me to do it. And she left it on for only like three hours. And so I, and I'm more pale than her. So I was like, oh, well, I should only do like two hours because I don't want it to like look crazy on me. Yeah. And then it did absolutely nothing. So maybe I bought like different henna than her or something like that. Um, So then I did it overnight the next night. And that's when I, when I went to walk club on Friday morning, I had just taken it off. So like there was nothing yet. Like, cause it takes a day to like oxidize. Yeah. And then I would say like Saturday, it was like peak freckles and then Sunday, like a little bit. And then today I feel like it's kind of gone. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't last super long because it's hard to keep it on your face because you want to be like washing your face and like moisturizing your face. If you have henna on, like, another part of your body, it can last, like, weeks because you're kind of, like, careful not to get it wet and whatever. But it was a fun little experiment. I think I'll do it, like, through the summer, like, when I have time. I just think it's kind of a fun addition. And um, it would be fun if you were doing, like, a little beach trip or something, like, over the weekend because it really doesn't last too long, at least for me. But I could probably, like, be more intentional about trying to take care of it lasting. I just, like, went ahead with my normal skincare routine. Yeah. But, yeah, cheap, little fun way to give yourself a summer, like – little refresh to your look. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, my favorite this week is a podcast favorite, actually. It's called Note to Self, uh, and it's hosted by Peyton Sartain. Sartain? She's, like, brand new to me. Mm. Uh, she, I don't know what ha- what happened was her, like, merch that she launched with the podcast. Somehow that, like, ended up, like, on my like explore page or like on my for you page something like that and her merch was actually really really cute I remember being like oh that's cute merch like I wonder who this girl is and I saw she has a YouTube channel has a TikTok um, but her main platforms seem to be Instagram and uh, this podcast note to self and I've kind of been in a podcast slump recently Mm -hmm. like nothing's really spoken to me so I was like let me give her a go and I just really like her she has like, the same presence as, like, a Margot Lee, like, a very mm-hmm. calming voice, like, chill, just, like, effortlessly, like, cool girl energy. But she's a little more unhinged okay. than Margot Lee, if that makes sense. So I find that, like, fun and interesting. Yeah. Like, she's not afraid to, like, talk about more, like, rated R subjects okay. than, like, a Margot Lee Brooke Michio necessarily will. But she still, like, has that, like, she lives in L.A., like, cool girl energy. Uh, So, yeah, I've been really liking her podcast. I was actually listening to it on my walk over here. And she is one of the rare podcast hosts, too, that I feel like actually does a good job with guests. Mm. I noticed that she, like, I appreciated her interviewing skills and her ability to, like, let her guests speak for themselves it it feels like a value add and she does pretty much like 50 50 solo episodes and guest episodes so it's good that she's good at it yeah otherwise literally half of her podcast yeah not exciting so yeah definitely recommend um more so in like it's similar to this podcast in the sense of it's like lifestyle space like Mm -hmm. the episode that i was listening to actually i can tell you what episode i was listening to it was pr moves for your everyday life with um Girl Boss Town from oh, TikTok. Yeah, yeah. So that's like an example. She did a summer state of the union where she mm-hmm. talked about like ins and outs for summer. Um, yeah, it's just fun. I like it. I've also been kind of in a podcast rut. Like I haven't yeah. even been keeping up with like what we said. I don't know why. Same. I don't know why either. Yeah. I feel like our listens kind of go down in the summer too. Like I think maybe yeah. people just aren't as like in their routine kind yeah. of thing. I feel like winter is for podcasts and summer is for reading. Mm. Let me know if anyone agrees. <laughs> yeah, I can see it. Um, and yeah, I feel like guest podcasts really can go either way because it's like yeah. they have to have like good chemistry or it's just like, awk. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
I'm like, hence us not doing guest episodes anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Kate. we know our strengths so and we know our weaknesses. <laughs> we had a we had a good run. I th- actually no, I'm gonna. I think that we were good at guest episodes. Okay. I think we, I, I at least have received many compliments on our guest episodes. Okay. It just doesn't necessarily align with our schedules yeah. anymore to have a third person in the mix. That's true. I think that, that's at least more why we started it. Yeah. I'm like, I, I am a TDH guest episode apologist. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys didn't like them as much. That's that the is true. That is They true. didn't do as well, which makes yeah. sense because when I see a random guest on a podcast if I don't care about like their niche or like what they were brought on to talk yeah. about I'm like eh like I more so form like a parasocial relationship yeah. with like the hosts and I care about what they have to say even if it's like a topic I don't really care about yeah but if it's like a guest and a topic I don't care about I'm like yeah never mind yeah so I agree with that anyways we're gonna take a quick ad break and then we're gonna get into the worst advice we've received so stay tuned As you all know, we're both trying to work towards our wellness goals this year, and that's why we're excited to introduce Liquid IV as the sponsor of this episode. Liquid IV is the category-winning hydration brand fueling your well-being, and their hydration multiplier is the one product you're missing in your daily routine. In just one stick, you can get five essential vitamins and two times faster hydration than water alone. Use it first thing in the morning, before a workout, when you feel run down, after a long night out, and on long flights. We actually used Liquid IV when we were traveling in Europe last year, and it definitely helped us recover after some long nights out. Plus, it was super convenient packaging to keep in our suitcases and in our purses throughout the day. My personal favorite flavor is watermelon, but I'm excited to try the new strawberry lemonade flavor too. Liquid IV believes that equitable access to clean and abundant water is the foundation of a healthier world. Liquid IV partners with leading organizations for innovative solutions to help communities protect both their water and their futures. To date, Liquid IV has donated over 39 million servings in 50 plus countries around the world. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code TDH at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code TDH at liquidiv.com. Okay, so we're back and we're going to talk about the worst advice we've received. And like Kylie said, these are kind of like a lot of general like life advice, inspirational poster type things that you see uh, that we don't agree with or that our lived experiences have shown us otherwise. Yeah. So the first one for me is I hate when people say renting is throwing money away. And like, yes, I am particularly sensitive to the topic because I am currently renting and I yeah. have been for like years, but I just feel like it's such a like painfully unnuanced thing to say. Yeah. Like on paper, yes, you're not like gaining equity in whatever the property is, but at the same time, it's a great option for people that are just starting out, like want to move every few years, want the flexibility, yeah. are like unsure of where they want to end up. Maybe the housing market is crazy like it has been these past two years. Like just because you own property does not mean you're necessarily going to come out on top. Like you're not yeah. always going, things aren't always going to like appreciate how you think they are. I'm like 2008. Yeah. Did we learn anything? Um And, like, if you don't want to be responsible for repairs or, like, that responsibility, like, I fully intend to, like, own a property one day. I'm not, like, anti that concept. But I just hate when people put pressure on, like, younger people to buy when, like, you don't know where you want to be long term. Like, there's so many, like, benefits to renting that I feel like get, like, swept under the rug because everyone's just, like you're throwing your money away and it's like no I'm paying for like the convenience factor yeah I also if you have roommates like renting can still be significantly cheaper than a mortgage oh, for sure so like yeah I just I don't know if is unnuanced a word non-nuanced yeah there is no nuance no nuance <laughs> lack of nuance yeah yeah I, especially like in this post-covid world where there are more people that are fully remote like take advantage of the ability to be able to live wherever you want Mm -hmm. and stay at the same job. Like that owning property doesn't necessarily afford you that luxury unless you have the privilege of owning multiple properties, which most 20 somethings don't. Yeah. Yeah. I, when I saw this one, I was like, we're getting into it this (laughs) episode. It's so good. Uh, My first one is just absolutely anything that feeds into diet culture. I'm looking at the 2000s. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at you. I'm punching you in the face. 
it just like when I look back on my childhood and think about the fact that like around the age 10 I started tracking my calories to lose Mm -hmm. weight like that's actually so fucked yeah (laughs) that's insane to me um and it's been really difficult to unlearn that as Mm -hmm. an adult and it's something that I think unfortunately a lot of women especially but people in general spend a lot of their lives now like actively trying to undo uh and I also think that dieting the like main like crux of it all is that dieting does not equal healthy at the end of the day and I just wish that I had received more advice on how to live a like healthier balanced lifestyle because I think that would have like benefited me so much more now as a young adult than what I was told to do like I was I remember being praised when I was ca- counting and restricting calories and being told that I looked good and I was fucking 11 like yeah. I'm a kid yeah <laughs> what do you mean um and that's not healthy like at all like and I know that now as an adult but yeah I wish I was given the tools to like see what a healthy lifestyle looks like rather than a restricted lifestyle yeah and it's like hard when you grow up with like role models and like women around you being like I'm on the Atkins diet or like I'm doing paleo or like keto or whatever and it's like yeah I agree me and my fitness pal if I ever meet the owner of seriously (laughs) it's yeah or like life sum yeah life sum's another one yeah so bad my next one is um when people say high school and, like, to an extent, college, but yeah. especially high school are, like, is, like, the best years of your life. Like, I didn't even have a bad high school experience, no, necessarily. Like, I don't, I don't have, like, a lot of high school, like, trauma or, like, bad memories associated with high school. I would say I had, like, a pretty average experience. But I just feel like saying that makes it sound like you're, like, peaking so early in life. Yeah. And it's, like, you literally have experienced so little yeah. at that point that it's, like, how could that possibly be the best years of your life? Like, I promise life just gets better as you have, like, more money and experience and resources for the most yeah. part. And so to say, like, when you're 16, for someone to look at you and be like, yeah, kid, this is it. Like, relish in this moment. Yeah. It, it's not going to get any better. Like, huh? <laughs> I remember also this kind of, this is a tangent, but it kind of goes off of this. I remember also hearing once that, like, you experience, like, most things by the time you're 20 years old. And I'm literally, like, as a 25-year-old, literally wrong. <laughs> like, huh? Like, what? What does that even mean? Yeah. No, you don't. Maybe you've experienced, like, most emotions sure. generally. But, like, yeah, not just, like, blanket life like, experiences. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember hearing that, and I was, like, probably, I don't know, like, 16, 17 at the time. And I was like, rad. I have many a things to do in the next three years. It's going to be busy. Um, my next one is if he wanted to, he would, I am a hater Mm -hmm. of this phrasing because I think it implies that your partner specifically, this is normally used in hetero relationships from woman to man. It implies that your partner should always be able to give you a hundred percent at all times. And I just think that in a long-term healthy relationship that is so unrealistic of an expectation to put on your partner like obviously you want someone that like treats you well and like knows your worth and all of that like I'm not saying that you like should settle by any means Mm -hmm. and also like your partner is just a human being at the end of the day too like they're gonna mess up they're not gonna be able to give you 100% all the time there's just so much again there's like I feel like if he wanted to, he would lack so much nuance. And, like, it's one of those phrases whenever I hear it, I'm like, please touch grass. Like, (laughs) come on. You gotta, like, you gotta give your partner grace. Because you don't, like, you have your off moments. Yeah. And if if your partner was like, yeah, if your partner was like, (laughs) if she wanted to, she would. And you're sitting there like, well, I have X, Y, Z circumstances that are preventing me from doing it. You'd be pretty pissed. Yeah. So I think that's been an important thing. I remember like really struggling with that at the beginning of my relationship and being like, just overthinking every little move being like, is this like, if he wanted to, he would situation. And it's like, well, no. You have to tell him what you want, first of all. Yeah, Second that's true. of all, he's just a human being at the end of the day. Like, and I haven't showed up in ways that maybe I should have showed up as well. Like, that's just how it, that's how it works. Yeah. I, I do think, like, you made a good point with, like, the communication aspect of yeah. it. Because I think, like, women have a lot of, like, internalized expectations of 
their partners and, and things like that. And like, that's totally fine to have. But I think sometimes like, like one example, this isn't even like necessarily like in a relationship context, but like one example that, um, we talked about recently was like after performance, it's normal to bring dancers flowers. Yeah. And like some people just don't know that if they don't come from like the performing arts world, like they just show up to watch their friends. They don't have flowers, like whatever. And it's, like, that person had no, like, bad intentions of, like, yeah. not showing up without flowers. It's just, like, they didn't know and you didn't tell them. So, like, how are they supposed to know? Yeah. And I feel like there's so many things like that with, like, hetero relationships of, like, women are just sitting there and they're, like, he should know this. And it's, like, well, why? How? Yeah. How would how he would know? He know that? <laughs> yeah. And, it, yeah. And I, I agree. Like, there's been things that I've wanted to do but haven't been able to do because of money or mental health or schedules or whatever yeah. so it's like yeah it's just I agree it's a very non-nuanced take I think yeah. that will be a theme for this yeah. episode <laughs> my next one is everything happens for a reason I can see why this phrase existing can be like comforting to some people's situations like if you get like I don't know if you're in like if you're feeling kind of hopeless I get that it kind of feels like there's like a light at the end of the tunnel and like things, you know, are going to work out and whatever. But I just think this like phrase has never really resonated with me. Cause I think if you've been through like a traumatic situation that just like is unexplainable and just like truly cannot be reasoned, it, this yeah. is like such an unfair like thing to hear. And like, even just like people that have experienced like grief and that kind of thing, it's like, Oh, like they passed for a reason. It's like, what's the reason yeah like what's the reason they're not still here like sometimes shit just happens like in the universe and I just feel like people try to be like comforting with this phrase and again I think there are situations where it makes sense but I just think it like yeah it'll never like resonate with me I think I I personally resonate with like giving a reason to everything that happens like that's something that helps me cope and uh just like deal with tough things that have happened in life but I yeah I think it's pretty uh ignorant to Mm -hmm. be like everything happens for a reason because there's like actually such horrific things that happen in the world like every single day that I'm like how yeah explain it yeah like yeah like yeah (laughs) like like, like, things that I don't even want to say yeah like I could go down like a rabbit hole of like yeah um yeah and it just I'm like, like did the holocaust happen for a reason yeah li- like literally. where like what's the reason literally. <laughs> like, yeah so yeah and especially when it comes to just like interacting with people in your day-to-day life you don't know like what they've necessarily been through and like yeah. what they're working through and it can be very like minimizing yeah exactly I'm like oh you're fine like it happened for a reason it's yeah like, oh, i'm gonna be unpacking that for the rest of my life yeah actually and i'm trying to think of like an alternative phrase that like you could use with someone that like gets at what this is trying to say I don't know I think it just basically is trying to say like things are going to work out or like things yeah, are going to get better be okay. from here yeah. yeah so maybe like replacing your vocab with that over this because yeah. yeah to your point like you don't know what like lived experiences people are coming in to the conversation with and like this phrase just like always throws me off because I'm like yeah. I can't think of any reasons for the things that have happened to me personally yeah <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Uh, my next one is you have to love yourself before you can love someone else. Uh, this is something that I really struggled with being single for so long and feeling like I'm, I would identify as like a mostly insecure person. Like it's something that I work on every single day. I feel like I really had to work to become more like secure in myself and have a bit more like faith in myself over the past couple of years And I'm definitely in a better spot than I was when I was like 16, 17, 18. But I feel like it's something that you're constantly working on, like your circumstances and who you are as a person is just constantly changing. And with that comes like new insecurities and new things uh, or like new ways that you need to like build up your self-confidence and your faith in yourself. And I, I think that's okay. Like I think that's part of growing and pushing yourself, getting out of your comfort zone. But I also thought that meant, like, there were so many times where I was like, I never feel like I'm going to just sit here and be like, I love myself. And now it is time for me to find a partner. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I guess I'm never falling in love. Like, rad. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Can't wait to be an old maiden. Yeah. Uh, But I think that you cannot fully love yourself. You can constantly be working on loving yourself and accepting yourself more while still knowing your worth and, like, what you deserve. Because I really think that 
the idea that like you have to love yourself before you can love someone else implies that there is this final destination of loving yourself that is like really unrealistic and unachievable for most people. Um, and so I think it's more important to focus on like making sure that you aren't settling and that you are finding a partner that like helps you see the best parts of you, like helps you build that love for yourself rather than like just waiting to do it on your own. Yeah. Never like dating. Yeah. Cause I was like, is that the option? I'm like, I just sit here <laughs> insecure and single for the rest of time. Yeah. And I think like what this is trying to say more so is like, don't look to someone else for like your self worth yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Like believe that you're worthwhile without someone else's like validation. But yeah, it makes it sound like step one has to be fully achieved before you can move on to step two. Yeah. Which is like, they can happen in conjunction and yeah. probably will for most people forever. But I also think, and maybe this is a hot take, I don't think there's something or anything inherently wrong with gaining some validation from other people. Yeah. Like, I think that's okay. I think if you find like a validation. Just not all. Not all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think this implies that like you shouldn't need any validation to like know like love yourself and like accept yourself and it's like well no we're human beings at the end of the day like we want we're pack animals yeah we want to be accepted by others like that's part of it evolution would suggest yeah (laughs) we want approval from others (laughs) we're just apes at the end of the day so true yeah just little primates yeah so true yeah uh the next one is money can't buy happiness (laughs) (laughs) i'm like listen it sure as hell would help I don't have a lot to say on this. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess, like, from a more nuanced perspective, like, <laughs> like having money equals having, like, privilege mm-hmm. and the ability to, like, have different experiences and opportunities that you simply can't when you're poor. Um, and so I think, like, while, yes, like, if you're a depressed person, simply making a lot of money is not going to instantly make you a less depressed person, but it sure as hell gives you access to like resources that you wouldn't have if you didn't have money. Um, and me, I, I personally <laughs> think I would be happier if I made more money. I'm pretty happy now. Yeah. But I think I would, being able to do the things that I want to do with my life without having to worry, I think would make you happier, you know? Yeah. Just like ha- being able to live without worrying about finance, I think would make you happier than having to live yeah. worrying about your finances. Like finances are a stressful thing. So being able to eliminate that concern from your life, I do think would make you generally more easygoing. Yeah. I do think there's an argument for like, that is all true. If you can manage the lifestyle creep that inevitably comes with making mm. more money, like it's still possible to make a lot more money and not spend it wisely or yeah. overspend. Um, but if you have like healthy money habits, then yeah, money can absolutely buy habits. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I've seen that study that I feel like gets referenced a lot and it, they, it says that there's kind of like a, uh, like a, a peak that people hit with mm-hmm. like a certain income and then, yeah. And like you are happier and happier progressively until you hit that peak and then it kind of like has no effect anymore. Interesting. And it's like not that much money. I mean, I think it was like, it was in the like hundred K range, which is okay. a lot of money, but it's, I'm yeah. not talking like millions of dollars. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was like saying like people get happier and happier until they make like one twenty or whatever it might be. And then like their additional income makes like no difference. Interesting. I don't know. I feel like that could not be true for me personally. Yeah. I'm like 500K. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, That's I, I'm nice. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just like my inherent desire to like quit my job and travel the world and the fact that yeah. having money would allow me to do that that I'm like I think I would be happier personally yeah, yeah. good point I'm like <laughs> why didn't I get a trust fund exactly I'll never know. so unfair this world yeah uh my next one is never go to bed angry I feel like this is typically used in romantic conflicts but I think like the general idea can apply to all types of conflict but I'm a big believer in sometimes you just need to cool off, yeah. take a step back, gain some perspective before you go into resolving a conflict in a healthy way. I think you can absolutely resolve conflicts in a healthy way immediately. But like But not everyone works. If like you're that. yeah, if you're and if you're going around in circles, you're not getting anywhere with the conversation, like it's okay to be like, you know what? We're gonna put a pin in this. Yeah. We'll get back to it when we're both like a little you know, we're not so, um, what's the word I'm heated. looking for? Heated. Yeah. yeah. We're not so like stuck in the heat of the moment. 
gain some perspective. Cause I can't tell you how many times I've like been upset about like something or like something didn't like sit right with me. And then I just take a couple of hours to like reflect on it. And I'm like, you know what, actually I like can think of all the reasons why this isn't an issue. Like, you know what I mean? Sometimes you just like get hit by something and in the moment yeah like I think this is a big deal and then you talk yourself down and you're like actually it's not that big of a deal at all it's not worth yeah like hashing out an argument or like making it a bigger deal than it is and I feel like for me I'm a like I'm a big accidental low blow person (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) like I don't mean to be terrible but like in the heat of the moment I feel like I just say things that I regret later like just like not mature things to like add to the conversation yeah. <laughs> like, I'll just like bring up something from forever ago that's like been squashed like I'm just like I'm not my best self when in like an immediate conflict situation so yeah sometimes like I'll take an hour to like go on a walk and then come back and be like okay I'm ready to like actually maturely like resolve this yeah. but I feel like in the moment I'm just like but you did this and it's yeah. like cool how is that helping at all yeah <laughs> or even just like sometimes like the conflict that you're having is just entirely unrelated like, you know, sometimes you, you could be, like, overtired or in a bad mood or mm-hmm. something, and then, like, the littlest thing sets you off, and then you're in an argument, but then you go to sleep, and you wake up the next morning, and you're like, oh, I agree. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I just needed sleep, or I just needed to eat breakfast, or whatever it is. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Go to bed angry sometimes. It's okay. Yeah. I, I agree. You usually wake up with, like, more perspective and yeah. clarity. Yeah. <laughs> and kindness. Yeah. <laughs> Um, my next one is when people say, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. I, (laughs) yeah, I, it's still work. Um, and I think like we have a unique perspective on this because we have seen people that we grew up with go into dance as a career Mm -hmm. and like, I would say they still think of it as work. They love it, but it's still work. It's still like a means to an end of like life and income And I think, like, for me, like, I I chose to go into a field that I'm, like, overall passionate about, like, being in, like, sustainability and, like, climate change was something that I really wanted to do. And, like, I I think it's really interesting and I think it's important and I, like, love it as a field and whatever. But I'm, like, it's still work. Like, yeah. and I think just saying that is so – it's such a generalization and it gives people such, like, false hope that they're going to – like absolutely love what they're doing every day and then they feel like something's wrong if they don't when like the reality is like I don't think anyone 1000% loves every aspect of what they do every day so yeah I also think that as I've gotten older like the idea of tying my like income and livelihood to the things that I truly love doing scares me yeah it's like less appealing yeah yeah yeah. I I never want to grow to resent the things that like I truly love yeah and I feel like you you walk a fine line when your income is tied to the things you love of it turning into like a resentment thing. Yeah. Like I think the the more perspective you get on it, the more you realize like separation is not a bad thing. Yeah. And um, I feel like I had one more thing. Mm, let's think. And another thing. Yeah. Mm. Nope. It's gone. All right. Yeah. That's all we have for that. Uh, my next one is like kind of related and – I feel like on the surface, it's going to sound like it's saying the opposite (laughs) of what you just said. Uh, But I was told, I majored in English in undergrad. I don't know if I ever... Yeah, of course you've said that. No, of course you've said that. I don't think I've mentioned it in a while. Maybe not a while. Yeah, but like in the beginning, that's like our whole show was like... Wow. Very recent grad. If you're a new listener, I majored in English. Uh, Writing mass communications, to be specific. And I, especially as a first-gen college student... Kind of got the hairy eyeballs for being like, I'm going to make sure in English. <laughs> <Hate> that saying. <laughs> but I did. Uh, and I'm glad that I didn't take that advice because I genuinely loved, like, the classes that I took for my degree. Like, I enjoyed college. I have, like, fond memories of the classes that I took in college, which I don't think is the case for a lot of people. Uh, and I think it really motivated me to do well. And now I do, like write for a living I had this uh epiphany in my solo episode on law school and that's like that's what little kid Kylie wanted to do like her whole life Mm -hmm. was to be able to say that she writes for a living and now I more or less do it It it's not like your stereotypical way of thinking of people who write for a living like I'm not writing books but that's like one step closer to the dream yeah 
Uh, and a, that, a lot of the advice that I was given around not choosing English was like, well, what are you going to do for a job? And yeah. it's like, if you are motivated enough, if you are smart with like your internship experience and the opportunities that you take while in college or just in like life in general, because I don't think college is necessary to, to have a good career, you'll get a job. Like you'll be fine. Um, yeah. I don't yeah. think this contradicts the last point because I think it's like, don't, it, you're basically saying like, don't let the intimidation of like possible income yeah. prevent you from pursuing something you're interested in. Yeah. But also know that like, you're still not gonna love everything about what you do, yeah. even if you choose to pursue something that you're interested in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very good way to put it. Like know that everything is still going to have its like imperfections yeah. and pitfalls. Oh, I thought of what I wanted to say before. It's, um, Interesting because I have been watching this YouTube channel recently. Well, she's like more than just a YouTube channel, but that's how I found her content. It's called The Confident Dancer. And she basically did this whole video talking about like people weighing like dance careers and whatever. And I was just kind of listening to it in the background. And she said like, you cannot, dance cannot be your everything. Like it's just not possible. Like you cannot look at dance and expect it to give you everything you want out of life. It's not fair to you. It's not fair to dance. Like dance is just a thing. And so, like, that's kind of how I feel about the the last one, too, is, like, nursing, for example. It's, like, nursing can't be, like, everything about you. Like, you have to you have to get validation and self-worth and stuff from, like, other areas of your life, even if you love what you do, like, on paper. But anyways, moving on. Um, my next one is to, like, when people say, like, do, you know, XYZ insert here, for the experience. <laughs> um, and I think like to an extent, like I think there maybe are situations or like certain fields, for example, where like, unfortunately, like unpaid internships are like the norm. And if like you really want to go into that field and pursue it, like maybe you have to. But I think this can like get to an unhealthy extent pretty quickly. And in, in general, especially as women, I think people aren't as good at advocating for when they deserve to be like compensated yeah. or like rewarded for what they're doing. And so like, even if it's just taking on like an additional responsibility in your job and you're like, Oh, I'm going to do it for the experience. It's like, yes, like you have, you can weigh when it's like a resume builder, but there are a lot of situations where you do deserve to be compensated for your work. Yeah. And just like knowing where that line is, is important. And I think a lot of like boomers would be like, Oh, just do it for the experience. And it's like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Zach and I actually had a conversation around this and like the idea of like acting your salary and mm -hmm. how to like balance that when you want to like see internal growth, when you want to see external growth in your career and like just all of that. It was, we had an interesting conversation about it because I was like, as a white man, you do need to sit down for a second. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree. Especially like unpaid internships. I'm like, boo. Yeah. I know. It's just such a like messed up thing because. Yeah, it's so exploitative. Yeah. And it's exploitative and also it creates like it almost has the opposite effect in some situations where like only privileged people can work in that field because only privileged yeah. people can afford to work an unpaid internship. Yeah. And so it creates like a pipeline of privilege in, for example, like the arts or like, yeah. I know like criminal justice is a big like um, field that often doesn't pay internships. And it's like, it's creating like a pipeline of like a very homogenous type of person. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. no good. My next one is there's always someone that has it worse than you. Yeah, it could be worse. Okay. There's also <laughs> someone that has it better than me. <laughs> Lots so. of people, in fact, <laughs> that make but more yeah. money. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, obviously. Like, I understand that I come from a place of immense privilege and, like, all things considered, have had a relatively easy life um, thus far. <laughs> and I'd like to keep it that way. But I actually, it, I got this from uh, the slam poem that I sent you on Instagram. Not Instagram. TikTok. Mm. Uh, it, it's a really good slam poem. I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head, but I'll link it and <laughs> you can watch it in your browser. <laughs> uh, but they said something to the effect of looking at your wound does nothing to heal mine. And I feel mm -hmm. like that's that like line really resonated with me because it's true. Like, yeah, we all have our struggles. We all have our battles. We all have our trauma. But like, just because someone's may be worse than mine doesn't mean that I have to minimize or like push aside the struggles that I'm facing or like yeah. just like toughen up. I'll get into that 
sort of mindset later in the episode, but like, yeah, like I'm allowed to be upset about things that make me upset. And like, if anything, it's like, if you're in a, you know, sad situation and someone says there's someone that has it worse for you and it's like, well, I'm sad for them too. Like, yeah, that just makes me I'm more like, sad. Yeah, like I'm just sad for the world then. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, cause this situation is really tough. I can't imagine. Yeah. And then I just get more sad because I'm like all empathetic for them too. And yeah. I'm like, well, damn, now, I, now I'm just sad about everything. Yeah. Everyone's got a sad life, I guess. Yeah. Well, but I think honestly, <laughs> as morbid as it sounds and sad as it sounds, like everyone does. Like yeah. everyone has, it's. There's very few people that have it incredibly easy in life, mm-hmm. truly. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it's like, that's not comforting. I just feel worse then. Yeah, I'm like, okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> I'm still sad. Yeah. They're sad, apparently, too. Yeah. Like, cool. Awesome. <laughs> uh, I won't talk too much about this one because I feel like you kind of, like, touched on everything I would say when we did the, um, if he wanted to, he would. But I feel like there's a lot of discourse, uh, just, like, on TikTok and stuff around, like, your partner should like never you should never be like unhappy in your relationship like if he if he does like one thing wrong like drop him like that kind of like dump him like mindset but I feel like we kind of said like everything that I would have said like it's just it's it's not very nuanced and it's not very like humanizing yeah yeah I'm like no offense to Alex girl but dumping your boyfriend because he won't post you on social media is just a a little bit lunatic behavior just a little bit i have i'm just being for real with you a minute lunatic behavior you're gonna struggle to find someone that makes you happy all of the time in every category yeah uh because again we're all just human beings at the end of the day we're doing our best uh my next one is the general lack of advice that i was given around managing the cost of college I wish someone had told me to pick my cheapest option overall, not the highest scholarship amount I got. Mm -hmm. I ended up picking my school, not entirely based on, but pretty significantly based on the fact that they gave me the most scholarship money. When you're looking at an acceptance letter that says, we'll give you $30,000 a year or whatever, you're like, oh my God, like that's a huge discount, like sign me up. But when you're going to a private university where tuition is like $60,000 a year. Yeah. Uh, You can do the math on that. So I wish that like someone had like really sat me down and was like, listen, I know X school might be your top one, but like, here's what you're looking. Like, I wish someone was for real with me about what the debt would look like. I wish someone like did the calculator and was like, this is what you'll be looking at at 22 years old. Yeah. When it comes to debt, here's how long it's going to take you to pay it off. Here's how much you'll pay in interest and compared that to my cheapest option. Cause I think that I would have thought more, more about, critically. Yeah. 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 Cause I remember being like 20 years old in college when my brother started paying off his student loans. My older brother started paying off his students' loans. And that's the first time that I was ever like, oh, I actually got to pay this my thing. God. Yeah. <laughs> and like, there are just, consequences like, to my actions. Conceptualized interest and in, like yeah. how much it would, like you hear like, yeah, we'll give you a loan for, $15,000 and it'll be 8% interest. In my brain, I'm like, I can't do that math. Yeah, you're like, cool, we'll sounds worry good. about that later. Yeah. And then you see, I remember doing the loan calculator and it telling me that I was going to pay $10,000 more in interest over the loan life cycle than the actual loan was mm-hmm. worth. And I nearly shit myself. Yeah. Huh? What do you mean? So yeah, I wish, I'm in a very fortunate situation where I've been able to tackle my student loans really well. And I'm in a much better position than I was when I initially graduated. But man, oh man, someone should have told me. Yeah. No one did. We need someone to like emphasize the net costs or like net savings yeah. over the gross yeah. <laughs> costs and yeah. savings. Um, my next one, my last one is um, this could just be because I'm like in the entrepreneurship scene for my job, but I feel like everyone's always like looking at me and being like, what's your startup going to be? Like, when are you going to start a company and whatever? Like, it just feels like it's like a obvious, like next step. Like I just feel like everyone assumes that's like what people want to do. And that like working for yourself is always better than working for someone else. And I do think like there is inherently a lot more like flexibility when you work for yourself and maybe like potential for growth and that kind of thing. But at the same time, I just think it's a big generalization to say that working for yourself is always better because like entrepreneurship isn't for everyone. Like, especially if you're like an anxious person, for example, like just having all of like everything up to you and like 
having to be so invested, like might not be healthy for you. And sometimes I like being able to just like log off and do the day job and like not let it make me lose sleep at night and that kind of thing. And so, yeah, I just feel like even on just like TikTok and like with like the rise of like influencers and stuff, there's a big thing of like work for yourself, like freelance, whatever. But it's like some people just want like a straightforward role with like straightforward benefits and like a straightforward time to sign off and like get to your other stuff, you know? Yeah. So. My last one is you just have to get thicker skin. This one, who? This was the ending note where I was like, oh, yeah, like this is going to be the last one because obviously in some cases you overreact or you take things too like seriously or are like being particularly sensitive. Sure. Again, we're all human beings. But I also just think that we should normalize not apologizing for feeling feelings, not apologizing for having emotional reactions Mm -hmm. to things that happen to you. Like that's a very normal thing. And it goes hand in hand with one of my biggest pet peeves which is people that don't understand the difference between intention versus impact yeah like people that are like it was just a joke and I'm like cool yeah it still hurt my feelings intention versus like outcome yeah so it's just I I feel like I've been in a lot of situations in my life where I've been told to get thicker skin especially when it's like the person who being like it wasn't my intention to like hurt your feelings or make you feel this way you just need so to you get shouldn't thicker, feel like that. suck yeah. it up. Yeah. And it's like, um, or you could just not make those jokes. They're not funny. Yeah. Or you could just like think more critically about how the things you say might have impact on people. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and like be like, oh, okay, my daughter or my sister or whatever is like feeling human. I'm like, not to call my dad or my brother. <laughs> <That's what laughs> um, but it's like that part the person in my life is uh feeling feelings. Like, we all do. It just never made sense to me. I I feel like I spent a lot of my life with my, like, emotions being demonized. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, literally, for why? Like, Mm -hmm. I would so much rather feel all spectrums of emotions than none. That doesn't sound like a good alternative. So, yeah. And don't even get me started in regards to, like, anxiety and, like, very legitimate mental health issues and I feel like that a lot of the times is minimized by this idea of like you just need to get thicker skin or like you just need to relax like just take a deep breath yeah okay you just gotta learn to deal with it yeah yeah it's gonna be okay okay (laughs) tell my racing heartbeat that like (laughs) literally tell my cold sweats that so yeah you don't have to get thicker skin you're fine just as you are feeling your emotions your skin is the right thickness as it is yeah it's a beautiful thickness so plump (laughs) Perfect. Please. <laughs> All right. Those were some of the the worst pieces of advice that we've received. We can leave in the like Spotify response thing. What, what's like a bad piece of advice that you've received? Yeah. Curious to know. I'm sure we touched on a lot of them, but yeah. is there anything else we didn't mention? And you know what to do. You can follow us on Instagram. You can submit an anonymous suggestion box comment. You can DM us. We've had a couple nice conversations lately. That's always good. And with that, we will chat with you guys next Tuesday. Bye, guys. Bye.